Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today, we are finishing up with Revelation 20. We've been in this chapter quite a while, but this is a very important chapter. And we come to a subject at the very end of Revelation 20, namely the bodily resurrection of all the dead. Let me read a couple of verses from Revelation 20, starting in verse 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Also another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books by what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead in them. And all were judged by what they had done. Uh, This verse, verse 13, where it says, all the dead were judged by what they had done, is one of the reasons Martin Luther didn't like the book of Revelation too much because it seemed to emphasize, yes, we are saved by grace, and grace enables us to do those good works which are required by God, but he didn't want any part of that. Uh, He just wanted grace to initiate the, the Christian life and didn't see any necessity for good works after that or wanted to keep it detached from salvation, and that's obviously not taught here in Revelation 20. You know, it's somewhat confusing for those trying to figure out the rapture at any moment view of end things because, you know, you have what seems to be a type of resurrection before the tribulation and the rapture, and then things come, Jesus comes back. And, you know, it's very simple in a sense. We have the second coming of Christ, and this is just as the creeds and so many forms of the Christian church has proclaimed for centuries, and by this I'm including the Catholic church, the Orthodox church, and practically all the churches, almost all the churches, immediately following the Protestant Reformation. It's been in the last 150 years that they confused it with all these extra events. Jesus comes back in the second coming, and the dead are judged and they're also raised. Now, when we come to this topic, you really need to know that Americans and Europeans have a mental handicap in understanding the Bible. You might say, hey, Steve, I don't have a mental handicap. If you're an average American, average European, we bring a set of glasses when we read the Bible. It's kind of like a colored glass. They call this a worldview. It's, it's a, such a fundamental assumption that sometimes we don't even know or recognize that we're re- wearing certain glasses which color our views of what we read in the Scripture. And the worldview that many of us have in the United States is Platonism. And it's basically saying that the immaterial things are spiritual and good, And in Platonism, the material things are evil and bad. And Christianity ran in some real problems in the early centuries and continues to do so because in in Christianity, as well as Judaism, the body is good. 
And that runs against the whole Greek notions of what's good and evil, material versus immaterial. No, your, your, your immaterial being, part of you, your, your mental life, as well as your bodily life are all connected in the Hebrew worldview, the biblical worldview. And when we come to what is eternal life, the common view of many people, both Protestants and Catholics, is something like we have a transparent-like existence or a ghost-like existence on a cloud. And I can remember, I think it was a New Yorker cartoon, it showed two guys kind of in a uh, translucent choir gown, kind of lying around on top of a cloud. Obviously, this is supposed to be eternal life, and one guy says the other, I wish I had brought a magazine. And if this is the view of eternal life held by many, especially young people, and they would rather spend time in their smartphone than go to heaven, think about this. Are we surprised that they walk away from the faith? So eternal life is a real bodily existence. Um, I'm not talking about the time, let's say, if you would die today and the time between that and the second coming of Christ. I'm talking about right here in Revelation 20 with the second coming of Christ, okay, the dead are raised, and when they are raised, they're raised with a bodily existence. In other words, if I was to die today and they'd put me in a nice suit and put me in a casket and bury me, if I was faithful with Christ, he comes back in the second coming, in the resurrection, my casket would still be in the ground, that nice suit and tie would still be in the ground, but my body would not be in that casket. Whatever's left of my body or a few bones or whatever else is taken up it's reconfigured. And there's some kind of continuity between the old body and the new body, except the new body will be perfect without any defects. It will be exactly what we would wish for, no illnesses or sore backs, but it's a real body. That's why the Apostles' Creed says, I believe in the resurrection of the body. But because of our platonic glasses, our worldview that's so common in the Western world, when we see that and when we confess that, we say, I believe in the resurrection of the soul. That's what people are thinking about. And I have been to two funerals where Protestant ministers declared in the course of the funeral that the dead person, faithful Christian, is now resurrected. Now, if the dead person was resurrected, we wouldn't be having a funeral because a funeral is burying a body. And if the person had been resurrected, that means it would have been an empty casket. And yet even the ministers conducting the funeral didn't get what the resurrection of the body is. They thought it was a soul. And I must say, a whole lot of our hymns are very misleading because eternal life, I'm talking about after the second coming of Christ, is not walking on streets of gold on some kind of like uh, interplanetary cloud or whatever. We'll be living in real bodies, changed, dynamically changed, but it will be on a new earth, not some clouds in space. So I would estimate that at least a significant minority, 
and perhaps even a majority of both Protestants and Catholics have hazy beliefs about the resurrection. When they think of the resurrection, they confess with their lips very honestly and piously, I believe in the resurrection of the body, the Apostles' Creed, but what they think is the resurrection of the soul. And you might be surprised, parents and teachers, ask your children, ask your students, just to put a paragraph what they think eternal life will be like. Again, this isn't like if they would die today, but after the second coming of Christ, the eternal state, what will life be like? What will I be like? What will my life be like in that period? You might be very shocked. And, you know, St. Paul, in the longest chapter in the New Testament, written to a Greek congregation, had to explain the resurrection of the body, had very strong teaching that if you don't get the resurrection of the body, there are strong moral implications. In other words, people just go nuts. They live an immoral life because there's no purpose for the future. Now, here's the big surprise today. Not only the faithful in Christ will be resurrected at the second coming, but also the unfaithful, the unrepentant, and the unbelieving. And it's amazing how many people never hear this, Protestant or Catholic circles. Let me read to you two verses right out of another writing from St. John, John's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, Jesus speaking. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, the resurrection of judgment, like the resurrection of life, when we talk about resurrection in biblical language, we are not talking about the resurrection of the soul. We are talking about the resurrection of the body, the whole person coming into being. Now, you might like, wow, you mean the, and I realize there's many reasons to be cremated in today's world, many reasons people have, and, you know, staggering cost of funerals being one of them and such, but you're probably aware that there are people who are cremated because basically they're skittish about the way they have lived and they really don't want to experience any eternity in hell. And so they ask to be cremated, their ashes sprinkled in the ocean deep, and, uh, you know, kind of uh, that's it. I'm willing to be extinguished at my life. And that's not what happens. It says in Revelation 20 and verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead in it. Yes, even a decomposed body in the sea will be recomposed, and both the living faithful and those who have been unbelieving and unfaithful to Christ will stand with their resurrected body before the judge of heaven and earth, and if they've been unfaithful and unbelieving and unrepentant, they go to hell body, soul, and mind for all eternity. And again, this is, you say, oh, you're making this stuff up. This is just your insight. But the, Acts chapter 24 and verse 15, there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. 
And if we're talking biblical language without our platonic glasses on, that means there will be a bodily resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Oh, you brought that with you from Protestantism. There's nothing to do with that in the Catholic Church. Well, except Catechism section 1059. The Holy Roman Church firmly believes and confesses that on the day of judgment, all men will appear in their own bodies before Christ's tribunal to render account of their own deeds. Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 1059. Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 1038. The resurrection of all the dead, both of the just and the unjust, referencing Acts 24:15, will precede the last judgment. There will be an hour when all who are in the tombs will hear the voice of the Son of Man and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of the judgment, referencing John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. And then it says, Jesus will separate them as sheep and goats. Now, if anyone's life was not found in the book of life, Revelation 20, 15, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And the eternity of hell, this is very sobering, will not only be mental and emotional anguish, it will include bodily torment forever and ever and ever. And the choice couldn't be wider death or life with the whole of you. And the good news, which young people and old people and all people, and even at funerals need to hear, that there will be a resurrection of the body on a new earth with the presence of God with us forever and ever. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 127 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.